Like I was like, I wanted to be a CEO of a big multi-million company. Like I was just like, had these crazy dreams. And she would be like, like, why are you, why are you going to put yourself through that? Just pick a vocation and just go to like vocational school, go, go to like the, go like do hair or something, you know? And I really like her, like later now we spoke and it was like, her thing was like, she didn't want me to suffer more. You know, when she was my, I was, yeah, I was like younger. I was like, you know, 15 trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But at 18, she like was a crazy, like super genius student where she had already graduated by 18 nursing school and had already all degrees so she was like always expecting like she was like it was really hard and then she came to the states and it did none of her degrees meant anything so it kind of really like traumatized her a little bit in that sense in the beginning at least for me being the oldest and was like just go to beauty school, pick a vocation, do some, whatever makes it easy, fast. You can start working, start making money, start making your life. Mm. Why make things harder? But for me back then was like, you don't believe in me. Yeah. You don't believe in me. Like, am I not like, when am I going to prove myself? And to me, then it was like, then I got to do, go in, like, you know, do. So I worked on proving her wrong and it was just a misunderstanding. product photography agency in 2021 because we wanted to create a work environment where we could finally show up as our whole authentic selves. Now we're hosting conversations with other entrepreneurs and industry professionals on how they were able to do the same for themselves and their clients. We believe it is no separating business from emotions. Welcome to the Sensitive Business Podcast. We're your hosts, Nisa and Sabari. Founders of Ginger and Carrot Productions. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of the Sense of the Business podcast. This week, we have a really, really good episode for you. I would say that every week, but I always mean it. It just keeps getting better. This week, we have Jasmine Guerrero. She is the owner and operator of Bacali Botanicals, a skincare brand that celebrates her Mexican heritage. And this episode, we really got into a lot of family stuff. Family is really important to Jasmine. And this episode, this conversation just brought up a lot of that stuff for everybody on the call. And we talk about family, family trauma, childhood trauma, family trying to hold you back, but not on purpose. Because a lot of, lot of stuff, a lot of family stuff. And also talk about a way to heal that. And it may or may not involve breakfast. <laughs> Feels. So anyway, I really enjoyed this episode. Y'all gonna love it. Bring your tissues. It gets deep. Let's get into it, y'all. Welcome, Jasmine, to the Sensitive Business Podcast. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Good to hear. Great. <laughs> it's always. been a great year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can so only Jasmine? all I can do right now is just laugh about it because I mean, laugh yeah, about it. but it's been. It's been a good year. Was it laugh to not cry type situation? Yes, for sure. The cry, I mean, I already cry like twice a week, so. Girl. You Join the cry committee right here. I'm the vice president, okay? Yeah, Nisa recently, she was like, I've been crying so much recently. And I'm like, recently? Recently? 
and like wild crying. She's like, I'm like, <laughs> are you sure? Like, Tavari, your timing is terrible. I'm just like, that's not the time to roast me. I'm in the middle I'm of trying to break crying. you up. Like, you just... <laughs> Like recently, I was like, okay, you know what? I will take my grievances elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't tell you nothing. <laughs> Two minutes later, I feel like I don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got tissues right here. I'm ready. That's cool. Tissues and ice cream, right? And hugs. <laughs> Yep. Oh my god. Let me talk about ice cream. I feel like Jimmy's ice cream has literally kept us as a glue to our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that we're just so hard, we just we can't figure it out, but Jimmy's ice cream is definitely It's a household yeah. staple. Yeah. It's so good though. And it's, it's, it's like, amazing. It's amazing. Okay. Quick surprise. You can just come out real quick. We can go to the store real quick and grab one on the way out and just be like, oh we got ice cream. <gasps> ice cream it's amazing it's, it's you can't miss it's like, we like to order because they don't talk about this but you can actually get the waffle bowls or mm -hmm. the waffle cones to go so we'll yeah. just get like Definitely. a stack of the waffle bowls they wouldn't be charging for me Dude, they, they, they charge they, they that's why they didn't charge me for it to <laughs> hey. don't have a whole file of people like a line of people trying to get this stuff for free now they usually charge like what they would charge normally they just kind of have to probably plug it in like a la carte or whatever it wasn't on the receipt then, I, saying, I, don't know. I think it's because they have to do it like they have to like add it in it's not like a menu item in the pos i see mm. them kind of like doing some extra shit and some of them me. look at us like you just want the waffle bowl. That's it. I was like, yes, because I'm gonna have the waffle bowl at home. <laughs> Hello, yeah. keep yeah. up. Or <laughs> like, don't sell it. Don't, don't. What are we doing? <laughs> Why are you we are not sponsored by Jenny's. Oh yeah, although, we would love to sponsor by Jenny's. You know, we would oh, love to just be. <laughs> I'll we'll do. I'll sell it for free ice cream. <laughs> Look at the second right here. Look at the space right here for uh, any Jenny's <laughs> or ice cream. Other ice cream folks, you mean Ben and Jerry's salt and straw? Hey, come on any, down. Any what? ice cream, any at this point. Particularly we'll dairy based. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my weakness. I'm actually lactose intolerant. So, mm -hmm. like, when I have it, it's like I know what I'm getting myself into, but it's mm -hmm. so, like, so hard to not like pass a Jenny's and not be like, oh, that's oh, I need to go like, in, you know, like right. it's really hard to resist ones, but people who are lactose intolerant, they care the least about their symptoms more than any <laughs> other symptoms there are. I think everybody else is like, oh, people just... who can't have gluten are like, I hate bread. <laughs> uh, you know, but people who can't have lactose, they're like, look, I'm like, this is lactose bread. When I get home, I'll figure it out later. We'll be good. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. <sighs> So Jasmine, one question we love to ask our guests is, what do you fuck with? Uh, family, I'm gonna say family. In this stage of my life right now, I'm gonna say um, family and togetherness. Um, I don't know, as I got older, I, I, I just, I see life a little bit different and some of my life experiences recently. And, um, you know, my, which kind of brings me into like the Kalia, you know, my, my skincare brand. And um, 
I do preach a lot about our family and, and keeping a lot of these memories alive and stuff like that. But um, the main reason was because it was just so absent for a long time, you know, and um, yeah. growing up here in the States and um, growing up in Atlanta, far away from my family, it was just the only thing I could cling on to was that I felt like I belonged to something was those memories. And so making a product, whether it was a scent, whether it was just anything, I started realizing everything was just based on those memories and, and that feeling of comfort. Um, and now as I got older, I even, you know, look back and for like Christmas, for example, I was like saying like, oh man, I remember growing up and Christmas just being a whole thing. Christmas for us is Christmas Eve. And I remember growing up and it was like parties. And I mean, it was like, the next day you have the calentada, which is like this whole other part that happens after the main party, you know, and, <laughs> and, and it's just like, <laughs> we just love to party. We're Mexicans, so, you know, we really love to party. <laughs> um, and it was just the cousins and everyone, no matter what, we got together for one night, you know, or two days mm -hmm. and stuff. And, um, and we're all just so spread out now. And yeah. it's not the same thing. Um, you know, I live here in Atlanta with just my my um, my brother and my daughter, and so the rest of my family is on the other side of the country or in Mexico, and so it's just really hard for all of us to kind of get together. So um, recently, I feel like I've been missing my family, and mm -hmm. and um, I kind of it's been my main focus, like as far as even like where I want to go into the future and what I want to do with my life, because. Um, I don't know, especially after the last couple um, years, I feel like, uh, you know, your family will be there through, like, through it all, you know, um, good and bad. And um, what better way to honor them to then to just continuing to just celebrate them and celebrate my culture and my heritage and not forget where I came from and embracing my roots, um, you know, by creating products and continue to tell my story and you know, talking to people about it. So I want to say family. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. That was something that I can totally relate to because I'm Jamaican immigrant. My parents, right now they live in Connecticut where there's a thriving Jamaican community, fun <laughs> fact. And we all moved to the Metro Atlanta area um, back in like 2007. And then I went to Georgia State for college and that's what kind of anchored me in Atlanta. <laughs> And they since both moved back to Connecticut. <laughs> so it's like, we're super spread out. It's like most of my extended family is in Jamaica. We have some folks in the States, but there's just different branches of the family in different places in North America, I guess you could say. Yeah. And now we're moving to LA. So there's yeah. even more spread and so Tavares family is like the opposite. Like I thought you guys were just here. moving somewhere here in else in Atlanta. <laughs> nah. I didn't know Big you were moving to LA. What? Big move. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt you, but that I was like, hey, what am I, I only remember seeing the LA part, but that's amazing. <laughs> we haven't announced it yet, but by the time okay. this comes out, it will be announced. Yeah. <laughs> so we can talk about it here and get all the reactions. Um, but it was, it's hard, like, especially, I think the thing that I get stuck on is like food and my accent. Like I can connect with Jamaican culture mm -hmm. with food and my accent is gone. And now I have just like a regular American Northern accent, I guess you could say. 
And that's, I think those are the two things that I always miss the most, no matter how much proximity I have, I always miss like those two, th those are things that make me feel Jamaican. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's hard sometimes, like even I was telling to I was like, sometimes I just don't hear Patwa for months on end. Like you don't even overhear it in a side mm -hmm. conversation where I can overhear people speaking Spanish pretty often. <laughs> And then every now and again, it'll happen. Like I'll go to the farmer's market and I'll hear somebody's Jamaican accent. And I'll be like, yeah, you're like, the <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, who, who said that? <laughs> and then the head nod, right? That's interesting. It's recently, I feel like I've been getting closer to my family and friends. And a big part of that is because I'm leaving this side of the country and I've born and raised in Atlanta, never left. The farthest I've been away from my parents or my folks really is I was at West Georgia. It was like an hour and a half, two hours away, you know, but other than that, they've been pretty close, you know, like right now we live like 15 minutes from, from, my, from my, um, my parents' house, essentially. So, and then like 20 minutes from my, my, my brother and my sister, yeah. everybody's pretty close. So I am hopeful that my move will keep us strong and the connections are strong and i won't feel too homesick but i am also ready for whatever comes up for me in middle of like april or may next year i'm like damn yeah, I didn't see that's amazing i mean <laughs> growth you have to have change right um one of the things that i tell my cut my younger cousins and stuff is like get out of where you are. I'm sure my my uncles and aunts are like, they're gonna be home forever, you know, leave them alone. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, but I feel like, um, and I've seen it firsthand within myself and my siblings and, you know, my own family and friends is that um, as much as your parents and your family love you very much and they want the best for you and they don't want you to struggle or, you know, they want things to be nice and easy for you. And I feel like sometimes it's important, and that's our comfort zone, right? Like going, you, we always have a place that we can always kind of come back to. But at the end of it, like you cannot grow and evolve in the environment that you're bred in. It's just really hard to grow past the people of where they are, you know, and your right. dreams and ambitions may be so much more different um then what they've had and your um determination to reach those dreams may cause you to take chances and risks make you know take risks that they would never do nor want you to because not because they don't think you'll succeed but because why are you doing something to make things harder than they should be right yeah. and so i feel like taking sometimes those breaks it's hard for us doing those moves because you're literally breaking out of a bubble and you're seeing this bubble kind of still move on on its own, but now it's really comes down to you, yeah. right? You have no one to le lean on in that sense like that because there, there's so much distance. But what you realize is that like if like if that bond is still very strong and you're cultivating those relationships, they'll be there from, you know, as far away, but they'll be there, whether it's through your, you know, calling you all the time, like just keeping in touch and that will keep you kind of, with that determination to keep moving. But, you know, I think that making those moves, especially if you've never left, you know, mm -hmm. Georgia, it's amazing. And, it, you know, um, congratulations to you guys and I wish you the best for sure. Thanks.
Thank you. That was like gem on top of gem on top of gem. I was like, let's just take that three minute segment. And I was like, man, that that is so true because your family, what they want is the best for you up to the limit of their comfort. Mm-hmm. That's what I realized, you know, because when I moved, like when I went to college, that was my time to move out of the house. A lot of people mm-hmm. do it a little bit later. I had circumstances where I had to get out sooner. And like four years, my parents disagreed with that decision. And well after it was evident that I would be fine, (laughs) you know, my dad would still be like, don't you think that you did that too fast? Or don't you think it would have been easier if you had X, Y, and Z? And I was like, I don't think I'd be here (laughs) if I didn't go out and establish my independence i don't think i'd be stable mentally if i did that it would have really stunted my growth in so many avenues and it's hard at first but when things manifest and you have what it is that you're working for or you're in a better position to get to the next step then people kind of start to see the vision but i've learned that when you're creating something that doesn't exist yet especially for your bubble People are not going to get it. Like, I was just kind of thinking to myself yesterday that people are always doubting me, but it's not because they don't believe in me. It's because they have a limited view and I am creating something that they've never done or seen before. And so naturally it comes up the doubts. And I was like, I guess I'll just get used to proving people wrong because this is the only path I'm going to be on. Yeah. Yeah. One way I see it too is like, you know, our our family, our parents, our loved ones, they want us to, you know, reach for the, for the moon, but we're going to reach the stars. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they've never even reached the moon, but they're trying, they know that we, they believe in us, but we're like, thanks, but I'm trying to go further and I'm trying mm-hmm. to reach bigger things and do, you know, um, do more than, and it's not nothing against, and like they're, you know, right. they're, capabilities or their beliefs but again it comes to that like you said it's like what is their comfort level where they feel like this is safe because you know especially like i don't know about you but like for me coming from like an immigrant family like your future is everything and you yeah your parents retirement at some stage in life and um you know you're 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 reminded a lot about <laughs> how they sacrificed everything to to be here and have a new life and that's a lot of pressure that you feel yeah. on top you know and um especially being like first gen and you grow up here being your parents translator you have to grow up super fast because mm-hmm. you know you're nine and you know how to like open bank accounts and pay bills right and- <laughs> It was you, you know, and, um, and one of the hardest things is to also break out of that on that cultural level of the, of this tight knit household where everybody helps everyone you're in, in it, you know, you're in it, whether you like it or not. And then Mm -hmm. now there's somebody saying like, well, I I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, it's not that I don't love y'all and I won't be there. I just have to create my own path and it's not, it doesn't look the same. It may come back to that, right? Later down, when I'm your age parent, right? It might come down full circle 
But as of right now, just like you created your own life and you had to leave your country and you had to move on, I have to do the same. And it's sometimes a really hard thing because they their struggle to get out of that bubble was way more harder than we will ever see, right? Like crossing, right. crossing countries and borders and, and all these things and going through difficulties and to getting their citizenship and all, like it's a lot more than us just moving from another state. And so right. all they see with change is like that struggle and that pain and that association that they don't want yeah. us to have. You know, that was something that we had to something that I've been working on a lot is breaking those patterns. You know, Tabari and I talk about this a lot of like, what are the messages that we're learning about money and wealth and goodness and access to all and access to abundance and really just kind of writing narratives, writing new stories you know, that we can believe in instead of the old ones that we continue to perpetuate. Because that's something that came up for us a lot, especially because I was a translator. I was the facilitator, right? Yeah. Because even though my parents understood English, it was like there were some cultural norms that they they relied on me to help them navigate. And it was it was like, why do I have to fill out this form? Why do I have to like talk to this person? Why do I have to help you every time? Why do I have thing? to memorize your email password? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you said it at. <laughs> And then you know it, and then you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know like, 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 what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. I get a lot of trigger for me. It's a trigger for me. <laughs> so, Jasmine, I, I am curious about what was that moment like for you, if it was a moment, when you either realized that you were going on your own, own path as an entrepreneur or detaching the way for your family in, in that way? Or was it like, like what was that? Ooh, that moment like for you? What was that? We have enough time, is what I'm saying. <laughs> we have enough time. <laughs> uh, well, I my journey is really different than a lot of people, and and that's why I'm like, do we have time? And like the really kind of sped up version. Um, I was a very young mom, so I was 17 going into my senior year of high school when I found out I was pregnant. And I had a shotgun wedding. And um, by the time I was 18, I had my daughter, Leah. Mm -hmm. She was premature and it was a lot of complications. I almost died with her. It was like a whole thing. Um, but I was still like, because of my complications during my pregnancy and everything, we were still living within my mother's household. Because mm -hmm. um, it was just easier. I wouldn't be alone. It was always, you know, somebody there. And then, and because I was so young, I still felt very much kind of, I was still, still very much under my mom's wing, you know, and her influence. And, um, you know, my ex-husband at that, or my husband at that point was like, you know, we got to move on our own. It's time. Like, he's like, I love your mom, but come on now, you know? <laughs> so I get it. So I, you know, especially after Leah was born and, and it was time to kind of move on and, um, one of the biggest things was kind of like um, establishing my own household and, and mm -hmm. having those boundaries of being like, you know, um, mother, like, although like, especially like in our family, it's very like, um, it's it, all the women are like, they call all the shots and that, you know, mm -hmm. and then I went and I married <laughs> 
my ex-husband who was like uh well he was born and raised in puerto rico his family's mm -hmm. arabic so they're like muslim and then he was muslim and um you know and i was like raised um catholic but i was like going through like non um I was going through like Christian, like it was like a whole mass. So it was just yes. like a whole mass. Wow. You know? And so I was like opinion central and just trying to understand <laughs> that like it's not me anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you know, I like if it was just me, like it's one thing, but I can't force a grown man to do something, you know. Right. My ex at that time was actually a little bit more my senior. So it wasn't like I was talking to another 18-year-old or 20-year-old, you know, mm -hmm. at the time my husband was. 27 so it was like okay like i can't be telling him my mom is like you know like i can already imagine it so it was one one it was establishing some of those like okay like your you know your opinions are okay it's how i raised my kid it was you know she, you know mm -hmm. if i would yell at my daughter she'd be like you're gonna traumatize her and i'm like really really how did i grow up you know and nowadays she'll say and she'll probably listen to this be like i never ever yell at you, you know, <laughs> I, I bet anything that's how that selective memory is so um, real. <laughs> uh, there's, like, there's like one quote somewhere where somebody's like, yeah, like, for me, it's like trauma and for you it was just a Wednesday or something like, was, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know? so, so, yeah, but you know, it was like, you, I had to set those boundaries along the way, even before that kind of like, Growing up, I was um, I was really good academically, you know, sturdy student, and um, I I had like these big goals. I wanted to be a, a litigation attorney or a CEO. Like I was like I wanted to be a CEO of a big multi million company. Like I was just like had these crazy dreams, and she would be like, like why are you why are you gonna put yourself through that? Just pick a vocation and just go to like vocational school go go to like the go like do hair or something you know and i wow. really like her like later now we spoke and it was like it, her thing was like she didn't want me to suffer more you know when she yeah. was my i was yeah i was like younger i was like you know 15 trying to figure out what i wanted to do but at 18 she like was a crazy like super genius student where she had already graduated by 18 nursing school and had already all her degrees so she was like always expecting like she was like it was really hard and then she came to the states and it did and none of her degrees meant anything yeah. so it right. kind of really like traumatized her a little bit in that sense in the beginning at least for me being the oldest and was like just go to beauty school, pick a vocation, do something, whatever makes it easy, fast. You can start working, start making money, start making yeah. your life. Mm. You know, why make things harder? And, but for me back then was like, you don't believe in me. Yeah. You don't believe in me. Like, am okay. I not like, when am I going to prove myself? And to me, then it was like, then I got to do, go in, like, you know, do. So right. all my life I worked on proving her wrong and it was just a misunderstanding. Yeah. you know and it was like so, so but like but those kind of start that way where i was like no i'm setting my boundary because you don't believe in me mm -hmm. right yeah and i'm gonna keep going and what happened i i had to um drop out of high school because of mm -hmm. my pregnancy was really bad mm -hmm. and as soon as i was still trying to prove myself right because i would hear these little comments from my family like oh we used to believe so much in jasmine we had high hopes in her and you know they almost made me feel mm -hmm. like at some point like my life was like 
was like, oh, over, was over. over. Yeah. And what did I do? I went back and I took a GED test, which I was like, this is for babies. Like everyone should just go. The and take GED test, test is period. shockingly easy. Like <laughs> I was like, why wasn't I like, you know, AP physics and chemistry? Right. Like why? We're <laughs> <laughs> asking what yeah. C plus Q is, but. Um, you know, I got the degree and then I got divorced shortly after mm -hmm. and right after I, um, got divorced, I went back to school and, um, and I was like still trying to prove like, oh, I'm going to get, you know, and it's like, and I almost like, there was a point where I realized that I couldn't do both. I couldn't go to school and work mm -hmm. full time. I was in the middle of like, yep. In the middle of divorce, I had a three-year-old. I was 21 at the time. My daughter was three. I was trying to figure out, you know, trying to make my stance. I had moved back home for a little bit, but, you know, clashing with family. And it was just, a, I had been on my own for a while now. So I had to break that barrier and be like, sorry, I got to go. Even though they were like, no, let's figure how we can make all this work as a family, as a big unit. And it was just like, I always felt like I had to set, I had to be always different from everybody and set my own path always. So I was always like a crazy kid. Like, I don't know, like, the, like she was always, always doing whatever she wants. Like my mom would always mm -hmm. say, she does whatever she wants. You can tell her whatever you want, but she's going to do whatever she wants. <laughs> like a radical. <laughs> I, do yeah. <laughs> I do what I want, which is, you know, it has been good and bad. I don't know, you know, how I take it, but, um, or, um, but yeah. And then after that, um, you know, I started working for a law firm and my career really just started taking off from there. And, yes. you know, I, it was really, I, I was like, you know what, I'm only literally seven credits away probably from graduating, <laughs> but I was like, if I have to go back to school, I go back to the seven credits, whatever. Mm -hmm. But because my career was really going, like I was working these crazy amount of hours. I started traveling. I started, I was getting on like I was um, serving in leadership roles on like board of directors and um, it was just a lot, you know, and I was like, okay, let me focus on my career because it was really taking off. I was really loving what I was doing, um, but it was so different because it, it was nothing that my family had seen before, you know, mm -hmm. and it was a type of um, job where it was, you know, it was one of those where I would go on Sundays to, you know, have Sunday dinner, but I'm like on my laptop all day. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, well, I gotta go, you know, and they're like, okay, what does she come here for? Like kind of thing, <laughs> you know? So that was really hard for them to see. And, um, but for me, it was always like, I have to, I'm the oldest. I have to prove myself that like that because I are married young, because I divorced young, I have to mm -hmm. like, all because I did, I felt like I had a, I, ha I couldn't be like this bad statistic for her. Right. Like, right. I don't know. It makes me feel emotional. Like I didn't want her to feel mm -hmm. like a, like I was a disappointment. So right. I always did everything to be the best, to put my heart in, because at the end of the day, I wanted her to see me like, just like she did in the sense of she overcame everything she came, she went through mm -hmm. and gave us the best no matter what, and was there for her family no matter what. So I don't know. It's getting too emotional. <laughs> 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 this is real. This is yeah. real because it's just the first thing that came to mind. I was like, damn, but you are a CEO. Like it yeah. literally came back full circle. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like people who have backgrounds like yours where they're like, 
my path took the alternative route. They mm -hmm. always have this fire. Yeah. They all, and I'm just like, what are the statistics? I'm curious because I've never met a lazy single mom. I've never met a single mom that wasn't on some like, I got two master's degrees and a 4.0 GPA. I'm like, where are the single moms failing? Because I don't know one. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's about two because with that, with that being, first of all, thank you for sharing with us, Jasmine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we I told them. you I have like a blabber mouth. Like, let's just, let's this is what it's for. This is the podcast for that. This is what it's for. Yeah, But there always is that, that shame that, that, that kind of comes with kind of doing, the kind of traveling out on your own and trying to do something different. There always is this like inherent shame that comes with it, where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I, my parents aren't, I'm not, I'm not with them, I'm not doing the same thing, because Similar to that, my dad has his own, his own business and he's an entrepreneur like my whole life, as far as I can remember. And I know he did, he worked for Atlas, like moving company when I was like a kid, but baby, but I don't remember that. And I always thought too that, cause I'm his oldest, I thought I would take over that too, that I would spend more time in that. And then when I get older, I would do that. And I didn't necessarily see myself as an entrepreneur, not at all until 2020 happened and then everything's turned upside down, yeah. but I always felt this shame, like I was letting him down. It was like a, a disappointment because I wasn't doing what he, what he thought I should have been been doing. What he and, planned, hmm? like what he planned for too. Yeah, like he, like he planned for. And whether that plan is like loose or you had an idea, whether working toward it or not, there is always something there. Especially as always that I should be doing more for the family. And I think that there's this. Definitely a, a balance, but oftentimes it's more of a choice than it is like a balancing act of deciding of if you if I improve myself, if I bring my life up, it adds to the family. It's not take mm -hmm. away. And I think that that's something a lot of people struggle with is especially somebody who sacrificed everything, who did a lot of stuff for you as a kid, and now you're doing something that they didn't envision. Now, of course, like think you might feel like you're ungrateful. They might even okay. go as far as to say that. <laughs> you know, some people like that, but there's oh a lot of huge weight to carry. And, you know, yeah. and kind of breaking away from that and saying, you know what, I'm not responsible for my all my people, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, um, and, um, the, the, the one way that I can pay my family back and, 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 you know, my, everything that people have sacrificed to to get me where I am through the choices and whatever, I'll, everything where I am now is being able to um, provide options to my own kid. You know, yeah. like um, I'm probably one of like those rare parents that are just like, I'm really lax on a lot of things. And for me, it's more of like, you know, I was like, I left home early young. So mm -hmm. I understand um, what I call real struggle to start, you know, <laughs> yeah. with me versus, hey, mom, do you have a deposit for my apartment? Can you co-sign? You know, like I, mm -hmm. we didn't have any of that. So, um, but when I mean my options is like, you know, unlike mom that had no option when she got to this country to clean toilets and, um, be a cook and be a waitress and a server for, um, you know, her entire, her life, even though she had a degree and it meant no nothing here, you know, and, um, she had no other choice other than do what she had to do in order to feed her family and put her family forward. 
right? And the same thing of like, we, I didn't have a choice. Like single moms don't have a choice. It's unemployment is not an option, mm-hmm. you right. know, because you got mouths to feed. And, um, you know, one of the things is like, while we have two hands and two feet in the health that we have and, and the mm-hmm. heart that's beating, like nothing can stop us. Nothing right. because like, you know, there was somebody once said, oh, why don't you leave? When I first got divorced, I was like trying to figure out what I was going to do. And someone was like, why don't you just leave Aaliyah with your mom while you go figure out life, you know? And I was like, and I was like, you know, if I end up under a bridge somewhere, then my kid's going to be right there with me <laughs> under a bridge. But I will never allow that to actually happen. Yeah. yeah. So if I don't have my kid with me, then what am I fighting for? Really? Like right. if she's not there as a reminder of this motivation. Mm-hmm. And again, you feel like I don't have a choice other than figure this out. You know, I didn't have a yeah. choice to sit around and look for some part-time job. No, I went and, you know, through the grace of God, I had a friend and the connections and we like worked the way to get into the firm. And like, I, once I was in, I was, all I always tell people is like, just get me in. I do the rest of the work. I got it. And I did. And I like went from being a receptionist to then being head of entire department for, you know, this big industry. And so it was like, you tell me I can't, and I tell you get out of my fucking way. Watch me get out of my get out of my way because, and it's not just that I'm just gonna pass this. I'm gonna pass this obstacle and whatever else you throw at me. And I feel like that is what, like, you know, like single mothers have in the sense of like that determination and and it, and it and it translates like in the same way and, and if you really think about it maybe moms are entrepreneurs like just mm-hmm. natural made entrepreneurs they figure out how to make things work how with what work. they have mm-hmm. how to save if they can't how to feed their children how to do what how to keep their business their household together with right. what they're making right and right. being able to plan for the future even being able to plan for the downfalls and being able to get through it no matter what so in a sense maybe life has prepared me for for where i am now or <laughs> i don't know you know or maybe what this is why also you know single moms are really great entrepreneurs we know the hustle and we know you know that that it, we have like hungry mouths at home that it, so there's no there's no coming back home empty-handed kind of yeah. thing so i don't know i take all my business advice from moms and it as you said that it just dawned on me just now yeah like every single like person who's like mastermind or group coaching program or one-on-one yeah, coaching right. that I've done they're all moms of like really young children and they're the most successful people I've ever had access to. Mm-hmm. And like to the point where, and I didn't realize I was doing this, but I kind of only take financial advice from moms, mm-hmm. which is like, it's like, I didn't realize I was doing that. But like, as soon as I see that, it's like a flag to me because I was like, nobody knows the truth more than them. <laughs> and nobody like knows what it's like to overcome more than they do. And I don't have to sit there and explain to them what about this life obstacle or that life obstacle or what is it like being a black woman or how am I going to be taken? How do I move through this world? It's like they've got that tenfold. Mm -hmm. And now that you say that, I was like, oh, my God, like literally everyone right now that I take 
that guidance from and invest myself into like they're all moms of like really young children and i'm just like holy shit like it's like literally this belief that i carry about the perseverance the perseverance and the grit mm-hmm. you know and that's that's what entrepreneurship is because to where and i were talking about it and i was like it's not it's not that it's like hard the way that like calculus is hard where you're like i'm using my brain power so hard right now it's hard in terms of your ego and your pride and your emotions and you have to get outside of yourself mm-hmm. and outside of all of those things and you have to dig deep mm-hmm. to believe something that very few people believe and that takes a type of emotional strength that most people don't have and i think that's that's why it's hard it's not hard because you're not smart enough it's not hard because you're sitting there calculating the most complicated algorithm no it's hard because nobody likes to be faced with their trauma with their fears with their doubts with their false beliefs you're constantly being proven wrong you're constantly Mm -hmm. learning a lesson and emotionally it's exhausting but then when you have those big wins and you're just like, oh, this is working. Or a year goes by and you're like, we've been doing this a year. Oh, we're about to do this for two years. Oh, yeah. we're, and then the engine's running and then you're like, oh my God, like, and then you change and you're a different mm-hmm. person with different yeah. values and different beliefs. Now you can't go back because yeah. where are you gonna go? <laughs> yeah, because you already been there and you're like- You've already been there. This is boring, now what? Like, and then, you know, <laughs> Um, I, so sometimes I feel like you can't ever get off the hamster wheel, even even though you want to, or just may look a little bit different. You know, maybe you're like floating on a life raft and a little slow lake versus a big hamster wheel. But you're laying next to the hamster wheel, you're just kicking it with your hand. Right? Just, like, just keep going. <laughs> there, you know, eating yourself. Right. right. No, we may have already gotten through this part already, but is there anything you want to get off your chest, Jasmine? Uh, no, I think, I, I think I'm okay. I think we got I think it over there. a lot off my chest. I think I touched a lot, but, um, no, um, no, I think, I think I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. So do we want to move into, into Bob's fingers and Buzz? And Buzz. I just want to do a kid series intro, like, after <laughs> <laughs> I think if you want, should we sit down sometime and maybe you record one? You'll use your voice to record a podcast. I think we should have like a a Bob's Bangers and Bus jingle that we sing on the podcast live. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I don't want to be singing. <laughs> That's what makes it so good. I guess it completely. We'll see. <laughs> I'm open to it. Let's, let's see. I'm like, oh, yeah. something else. Because the, the air horns will come in and post anyway. I'll put air horns in and post. Insert That's air horns. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like a 90s nightclub or something. Right. <laughs> Bring on the corny. <laughs> so to remind everyone about the rules of Bob's Bangers and Buzz, a Bob is okay, so-so. You're not going to skip it. It's cool. It's a Bob. A banger is 10 out of 10, five stars, highly recommend. And a bust is, this is whack. This is, 
Lame. I don't like it. That's a bust. Okay. So, Tavari, do you want to go first? Yep. Okay. Jasmine. Yeah. Bop, banger, a bust, chicken breast. Um, I'm going to say bop. I've been having a weird relationship with chicken recently. It's like, yeah. mm. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it's like this. So I have I have a weird eating thing. I don't I don't think it's real. It's probably mental, <laughs> like my whole life. Um, but I sometimes get grossed out by like protein. Mm. Like I have these like like weeks where I just can't eat chicken or I can't eat like red meat. Um, mm. and it's just something about this like all I can't even look at it. I'm just like ah, oh, like so. I right now in the no chicken phase. Wow. So right now, mm. sorry, um, but I know it's not bad, so I'm just gonna give it a bops, like for everybody. Okay, for me, that's really right generous. Now, just, I don't know how it's complicated. <laughs> a relationship is complicated. How that? <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, Bob's fingers are bust. Red lipstick. Oh, for sure, fingers. I love red lipstick. I it's like my one of my big. I wear a uh, red um, what's it like matte lipstick, and then right now I've just recently gotten like a bright pink one. Mm. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely love the red. Yay! Jasmine, mm. pop bang robust oatmeal. Actually. I like it. So yeah, I'm gonna say bangers. I really love it. Like, um, I like how I make it. I don't like like right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it at other places. It's, I have to kind of feel somewhere else. I like. I like to cook it slow and you know use all the sp actual spices and do different variations. And I love to cook, so I prefer to make it myself than if I were to make it or even microwave kind. Not offense to people that love it. I just prefer it nice and slow and have a nice, like wonderful, fluffy, creamy oatmeal versus just, you know, something that you're just chewing through. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like feel like I'm eating tree bark. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I feel that a hundred percent. I swear I didn't have oatmeal until Nisa, I met Nisa because before my whole, like my whole life, we grew up because I have a big family, a lot of us. I have like four other brothers that I grew up with and three other, three older siblings who didn't necessarily grow up with us, but you know, middle class family, mm -hmm. all money's going to the food, you know, food and rent. So we because putting milk inside of oatmeal was literally blasphemy. Like it was like, <laughs> do you like son, do you work? Did you work last night? Did you pay for the put some water in that dish? So I didn't even consider putting oatmeal. I was just so boozy. So I, was, I, I, I didn't even cross my mind to put oatmeal in it. It says in the box, it's like oatmeal, like water of milk. I'm like, you guys waste the milk. It's, I'm still holding on to that stuff. You're like, oh, <laughs> So now I can't have it without. When did we get our taxes back? What is that? <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Like, oh, when you I was growing today, you up. Milk and oatmeal? I was like, it didn't even, I didn't even consider that. My parents used to make porridge, like three little pigs porridge, and I always hated it. Huh? It's it's Is like porridge oatmeal. No, it's like the porridge was like cornmeal based, and it was like 
Nothing I've had compared to the porridge my parents would make. Like it was like very baby food like and it had this grainy texture. And if you let it sit too long, it would the top layer would solidify and get really gelatinous. And for the longest time, I always, as a kid, I'm like, you know, (laughs) and it really like messed me and oatmeal up for a long time. (laughs) It's like me like coming back to it to like find out how I like it. Because I I just had that image stuck in my head. (laughs) No, well, like in Mexico, we have oatmeal, um, like almost like a flour, but it's all think of like the same way you would prepare oatmeal except it's not in its full oats it's almost just like the flour and you make like this very it's called a pole very like heavy drink so like you can make it with just like oatmeal there's some that people make it with actual like cornmeal like just different mm-hmm. things but it's just really it's just it reminds it's kind of comforting to me because it just reminds me of that it's not as like drinkable but it's just something so sometimes i'll add even more like after it's made i'll add like a little bit more extra milk on mine just mine wow. just because it reminds me of like, more of a drink you know <laughs> adding milk after it's cooked wow that's what i, I do the same thing to that's my decadence. i'm like Sometimes even coconut, milk. Still, coconut milk. I do with coconut milk. Yes. Still, when I pay for the damn milk, I'm still like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Just gotta let it go. It's still together. So wait, through. do you put milk in cereal or, or like water in cereal? Oh no, milk in cereal. Milk okay. in cereal is like okay. Well, you gotta do that. Now I have been in a place where I had to do water and milk, water and cereal. But the trick is, you don't let it sit in the water. You just get it wet and you pull the water out. That was my yeah. trick for like not having. Wow, Tavari. Yeah, I've been. Hey, I would I, I, I without anything. Like I would just huh? be like, right? Sorry, I would just eat it dry, dry at that point. No, we can't have a dry. No, dry, dry cereal is a nice no, little thirsty. movie snack. You just put, <laughs> put some water in it real quick. Maybe some warm water, just a little bit, and just dump it out. Let it drain. Cool. Wait, you get wait to go. what kind of cereal are you having? Because I'm thinking of like, like Apple Jacks. Like, I'm thinking, like, little marshmallows. Yeah. The lucky charms will just melt and get all sticky and gross. Nah, I don't really like a lot of sugary cereals. Like, I'm pretty, like, I, my favorite cereal is still Raisin Brent Crunch. Like, I'm kind of like, it's. <laughs> your face That's, is That's how I know you were the good child. I couldn't do Raisin Bran. <laughs> it was Fruit Loops or Bust. I love my favorite Cheerios. <laughs> I like the, the almonds one. The. Oh, honey the, um, bunches of oats. Honey bunches of oats. Yeah, that's actually it's good. But I had, to, I had to mature to like that. I yeah. had to grow personally to get it. That was me. I mean, I I also enjoy the the little pops. It's not not special K. What is it called? The little not corn. Oh, pops. the pops. The Kicks. yellow ones. Kicks. Kicks little kicks little song ones that have just like the hint of honey on it. I was like, this is nice. This is delicious. I don't I remember that's the old one. That's the old school. Because Captain Crunch, I'm like, this is so much going on. It's like, and it's I like hard. cereal, like a whole box in one sitting. That's why, like, I just don't buy it because like, <laughs> really? I, I control myself. Like, <laughs> it's just so good, and then I Love don't yourself. eat dinner. I, I mean, I can literally survive on cereal and be okay. <laughs> I get bored with cereal really fast. And so cereal lasts a long time for me. Like I only eat it when I'm like, I don't have time and I have to be like, well, I do have cereal. It's like this, 
it just kind of lost its charm for me. Mm. And then I'm hungry. Like, it feels like I'm even more hungry after I eat the cereal. You know, than yeah, you're before. probably already the box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, you know, put the, I like the honey bunches of oats and stuff like that. So I can put like some granola or some like hemp parts on it. Something to add a little bit more protein to it. So it lasts for like a little, maybe extra hour or so yeah. versus just like. Yeah, you duck out your cereal. I was like. Huh? You black out your cereal. You add all. You add like you know how the pot and the picture looks on the box. Tavar yeah. really eats the cereal like that. They'll be like part of a complete breakfast. Like Tavar is the one doing the complete breakfast. I'm saying I'm making great and then the bulletproof and everything. Yep. That's me. That's your boy right there. That's me. That's what grown up money gets you now. Come on, right? We're Come talking on. about it. <laughs> You're just healing all your childhood trauma through cereal. It's in your morning breakfast. It's good. Yep. It's the best way to do it. It's the same when I sit for hours and play a video game. I'm like, I can do it. And my life's in order. My life is still handled well. Like the bills are getting paid. My wife's happy. My dog's like fed. I'm playing video games. You're like, can I go to bed? I'm an adult now. What? I'm an adult. Please, level bits, huh? No. No, I, I, Healing I generational trauma through cereal. <laughs> the cereal chronicles. Right. That'd be an interesting podcast title. Right okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, buffs, bangers, or bust. Jewelry. <sighs> I'm going to say bops. Like, I, I'm a fan of jewelry. I love it. The problem is, I lose it. And mm. I have no, I can't take care of stuff, which is really bad. I should be more appreciative. I know, I know all this. I've been told okay, so all the time. Life. <laughs> well, because even since I was a little kid, I've always loved stuff, but I never took care of them. Mm. So my parents just never bought it just because they're like, you don't take care of it anyways. Wow. And, um, but the same thing with jewelry. I love unique jewelry. So I love a lot of pieces that a lot of people don't have. So a lot of handmade stuff, um, especially stuff that's really unique. Like, you know, um, our friend Flamenca Boam, I like her stuff just because yes. she does very, so I still have like her earrings and every time like they break, I'm over there with like the gorilla glue and I'm like, no, you know, <laughs> she told me to take care of these and I did it, you know? So, um, so I love jewelry. The problem is I have jewelry stands and all the stuff It's just, I just always lose my earrings. I, um, but I, I have like a few that I always, things I always wear, which is like my mom's ring. It has like a ruby inside of it. Um, I got it. I stole it from her. Okay. I didn't get it. I stole it from her when I was in Mexico <laughs> recently. I saw it. I thought it was cute. And then she noticed it on me. And then sometimes my daughter would grab it. I'm like, don't lose mom's ring because she will yeah, kill you. Um, but I keep that on just kind of go memory and a reminder of her and like to just, you know, that no matter what this year may bring or mm -hmm. whatever comes to that, there's always home, right? There's always mm -hmm. home back in her. And then I have like just these little tiny dainty rings on my, what, what do you call this? Yeah, so, and I've always had those there. Um, so, yeah, usually you'll know if it's me and, like, the pictures or whatever mm. because I have, like, the same stuff. And then, of course, I, I don't know if I truly believe in stuff like this, but I, you mm. never know. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, the evil eye, I have to always mm. have one. Um, mm. I actually buy them when they're imported from Mexico. 
Mm. Um, and my daughter and I will like gift them to each other. And um, it's just kind of this thing of like in Mexico, there's like a saying that somebody can give you like the bad eye and mal de ojo. Mm -hmm. And it's to kind of just have that bad juju away. Um, and if it starts like hurting you or it breaks, then it That's kind true. of means that it's like, done and you have to get it replaced because wow. then like it's powers like it's the, it's the craziest stuff and i don't you know but i always have one on wow. you can you can talk about your beliefs here i'll have one around inside my clothes around my waist that i have a hamsa tatted on my back for the exact reason so you and i can believe okay. it together <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i have my like, have a, um evil eye necklace that i wear sometimes and i feel like Whenever I feel called to wear it, I'll put it on before going out. I'm like, mm -hmm. I forget to wear this today. Like, <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Especially doing this, being an entrepreneur, like mm -hmm. I think there's such a big glamorization of entrepreneurship where, mm. um, you know, and I feel like I saw it as being like coming up into the business. You know, seeing other people from the outside in, social media, you really think that there's just so much, and you get a little bit sometimes of you feel a specific way sometimes, even though you're happy for their growth. Sometimes you're like, but why them and not me? You know, mm -hmm. I've also been struggling. I've also, and I'm like, and it's so hard to not have a little bit of that resentment sometimes and stuff. And I'm like, if I know that I feel it, sure, surely other people do. For sure. And my way is to protect others from my own, like, negative Nancy thoughts sometimes to even protect others kind of you know their vibe from whatever it is that i'm trying to build so like i yeah. get it I, you know this business can be hard on us so yeah but just you never know okay jasmine bought being robust home depot oh my gosh home depot banger i love you don't understand <laughs> You don't understand. You can ask, oh my gosh, if my daughter over here should be like, it took us four hours to pick moss. Because <laughs> I had to look at it all. I had to talk to the people. I had to do the research. You know what, but I was gonna go take a look around to like figure of out course. what I would buy for my dream home that I just, you know, and like what renovations I would make that I would never do. Manifestation, you bring it to you. I love home. I can, I can just it one Saturday or Sunday afternoon, man, especially mm. like in the spring when like their gardens yeah. are in. I can go yeah. out there and just like, no, I can't. First of all, I kill everything I grow. So let's get that. Like, it, it, but I love just trying over and over again <laughs> you know but i love i love home depot so home depot is the place to manifest your dreams like yeah. i love going through the plant section and then i'll mm. find out what plants i want and then i go to like a nicer nursery to get it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you go to the nice nursery they're like can i help you what do you need right now? And you're like, okay. Um, what's, what's the temperature of your house? What's the, yeah. like, you know, some people they're like, let me know when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, and they're like, if it dies, just bring it back. You get a refund. But you know, like they don't right. care. They're like, whatever, it might die. I love it in there, and I, I mean, it's it just seems so abundant. Mm -hmm. It's a really maybe it's the ceilings, maybe it's because they have like, I mean it true to the word i was just thinking about home depot as an entity recently and i was like 
they really made it. Like they, as a hardware store, they yeah. really got it together because they have one competitor, they <laughs> one, and they don't even come close. And all the other mom and pop hardware stores never scale to that size. Mm-hmm. And just when they could have crashed along with Sears and all the others just like them, they stayed relevant and they made the appropriate pivots. And I was like, it's kind of like, their story is kind of crazy. Cause I, I don't know what prompted the thought, but the last time we went to Home Depot, I just stood there and I was like, businesses that last this long and are still at the top, like there's something really special about that. Mm-hmm. Like it's something about their culture, something about the, the innovative mindset of the leadership for them to keep pushing because Sears was that girl. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> was years was it? Yeah, now it's home. And now they're obsolete. You know what I mean? And it's like there's these pivotal moments for those long-lasting big corporate entities where they have to shit or get off the pot, or they'll be a thing of the past, or it's time to mm-hmm. consolidate and sell. And Home Depot never sold, and they doubled down, and they went into the IT route, and they they got everything in terms of technology and things like that with their devices within the store. And I think that decision is the reason why they're not Sears. And that decision is the reason why they always outperform Lowe's. And it's just like, it's kind of like as an entrepreneur, not that I would ever want to be, I wouldn't want to grow to like that level of corporate because there's an impact there that that's not really aligned with me spiritually, but I can look at that and know it's like, it didn't have to go that way. Like that was a result of a lot of really good decision making. Mm-hmm. And I've also just never heard of anybody working there that had something terrible to say. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard amazing things about the way they treat their employees. And I was like, I know that has something to do with why they get the results that they do. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like entrepreneurship and everything else. Like you either learn, grow, evolve, or get left behind. You know, they could have been ace. You know, Ace has been around, but they're very much smaller scale. They're probably not Mm -hmm. touching, you know, Lowe's or Home Depot anywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. but they're still around and they're still making it, but they could have, they could have gone. That's, that's the other side of it, right? They could have been around years, but look at them now. It's like, they evolved. They had to grow at the times and be like, okay, we either make this work or we're looking at our future down the street. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so crazy. Lisa? Okay, is it my turn? Okay. <laughs> Bob's Vingers or Bust Nail Salons. I'm going to say right now, Bust. Because mm. I cannot find one that I like. And mm-hmm. I have the same issue. And now you have like a whole, man, we're going to get into a whole thing. I told you I talk too much and every one of these <laughs> problems is supposed to go fast. But um, like you now have like nail techs and then yeah, right. nail salons where right. it's like services. And so like, there's just... Like for me, I just want to go get a manicure where they're not right. destroying my nail beds and filing yep. everything down to where I have to c- keep coming back for maintenance because you're like, you fucked up my nail now, you know? And right. um, so I haven't been able to find somewhere where I can just, like if you fuck up a manicure, 
Do you think I'm it. letting you anywhere near a drill with a drill <laughs> near my hand? Right. No. You know, the same thing with like, I, I like to go get a pedicure, but like mm -hmm. nowadays, like some of the, you know, like, I'm just like, can you, you know, like, I know that it's just not the toes. Like there's like the whole service and I don't mind paying for it, but mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you're just like slapping my legs. Like just put some elbow in there, you know, like I'm on my feet all day and you're yeah, like, like, like caress. I don't know, man. Like, I'm just like, yeah. man, this is just not, you know, it's but so it. yeah, I haven't found, and every time I think I find that place, they do something. So I'm yeah. just very like, you know, like I don't get really like super mad. I'm just like, well, like, it is what it is. Like, you know, you don't like a service somewhere, you just don't return or go elsewhere, yeah. or, you know, whatever. So I just really don't go anymore. And I literally go and buy like the little press on nails at Target or uh, TJ Maxx or Marshalls mm. or like $4.99, y'all. <laughs> just stick it on while they're growing or what I'm like, if I'm in between trying to find something, that's just like, you know, it's something for now. Or if yeah. I have to actually be in a shoe or in like people are close up with my hands or something, then I'm like, okay. I, Cause I normally keep them bare because I make products and stuff. It's just yeah. kind of them and like through my gloves, they like break in and sometimes I have to double anyway, it's like a whole thing. But yeah. Do the press so, ons yeah. stay on? Because that's my concern with that. I do use glue, but yeah, okay. still stay on for like a week. Okay, that's not bad. For four dollars. Five dollars or whatever. Listen, they look. I have a friend I, I had the same issue where I felt like I felt like the nail techs had an attitude or like this negative mm. energy and it was really weird because they have my hands I felt so vulnerable in that situation and there were a couple of times where like I had a pedicure and they filed so aggressively that they like broke some skin and I was like ready to leave and it's just stuff like that where I was like this is bringing me back to early 2000s and my relaxer days when I would go to those like neighborhood salons and they like never cared about my comfort. And yeah. then I finally found this place all the way in the deep, deep woods of Buckhead called Varnish Lane. And it's not convenient, but it's an, a natural um, nail salon. They don't do drills. They don't do acrylic or anything. They just have natural gel and then natural polish. Okay. But the way they treat you, first of all, they don't destroy my nails. They, I mean, the service is amazing and it's very comparable pricing, which I just knew the pricing was gonna be like double. I was like, for all this happiness, it'll be way more, right? And it was like the same price. I don't and think people understand how expensive it is in Atlanta to get your nails done. Yeah. Like no, nothing crazy, just a manicure, like a gel manicure and a pedicure. Mm. like. And then I have to, I have my kid and I have to pay for double. Like, no. Like, 
<laughs> it was like I wish it was more convenient and they have more locations like in the DC area and I was like okay so but they just they just treat you like a queen like they're ready for your appointment you can't just walk they don't take walk-ins at all mm -hmm. they never have more than two appointments going at once so you never hear people like gossiping around varnish. you varnish lane and i feel like we're always plugging these businesses let's go plug your small business <laughs> you get some referral you get some referral uh right? Right? Like an affiliate link there somewhere <laughs> they were just like they they just make you feel so welcome and they don't do annoying things like they don't like chat your ear off they don't gossip around you they just keep it really professional and they do an amazing amazing job and again it doesn't destroy your nails and they're always checking in on your comfort and those little things like go such a long way excuse me for me they go such a long way for me yeah. and i was like this this or nothing like i can't go to another nail salon now i'll just be upset yeah <laughs> i'll just be upset i was like i mean like that like that one-on-one -on -one treatment and that connection is really important you know especially right now in a world where like there's uh staff shortages and and people are not getting paid a livable wage yeah. and still expected to do like crazy amount like of work and labor and you know treat people and like while they're getting mistreated like so there's just like so much of that that just have finding places where they really um they prioritize customer connection versus like speed and like volume is like yeah so special right now and so unique that it's just so hard to find and i think that over time we're going to start seeing a little bit more of that come back in the future whether it's these yeah. smaller shops where people connect with the bread maker and you know i think that although it did blow up on that sense that i think that a lot of it's coming back to a lot of this like handcrafted goods and like skills and like you know some of these skills that have been like kind of just like passed down through the generation or new ones that are just being like learned right um because we're still going to need that at some point, you know, somebody has to make something and we have to find the, you know, the knowledge and how to do that. And I 100% agree. I think that one on one care is definitely going to be on the rise because of what happened over the last two years. It's like, everybody was just isolated. So now if you're building community, and if you're building connection, like that's definitely going to be the, the wave right now mm -hmm. yeah okay. jasmine boss bang robust video games uh okay <laughs> i'm going okay i don't know why i'm laughing <laughs> it's okay it's fine <laughs> i'm gonna say bops mm -hmm. i have a love-hate relationship with it and I say that because I'm in a household where we're a Twitch family. So my sister-in-law is a streamer. So mm -hmm. that's why I can't not hate it. Mm -hmm. um, but no, but I love seeing her play and my brother play and stuff. Um, I don't know how to play and I don't really care for it. It's like, as people yeah. talking about it, I'm just like, like, what am I going to cook later? You know, I just start like, <laughs> just like, it's interesting. I would love to play like, she did play this or they were playing this one that was more like a story. And I just realized there's more to what I've seen, like, you know, um, what is dead by daylight is like the one that they're playing. Yeah. 
So I realized there's other types now and they're like storybook ones and this and that. So I'm like, okay, I wouldn't mind trying to, but honestly, it's like, when do you have the time? Like I, yeah, don't make even time. know like what day it is. Yeah, you make the time, but like I like it's either like video games or I get a good night's sleep and don't become a monster the next day. You know. No, I'm, 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 that's I'm a big price. <laughs> yeah, like it's even better. Yeah, I get it. It's right right now. My responsibilities are. Uh, our household, the business, uh, my wife, and the dog. So <laughs> and Ginger will hang out with me while I, while I play games. She's fine. So that's like <laughs> that counts, right? Like, <laughs> Tavari, what was that game that you and Chanel played? Unraveled. Unraveled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, it's like a co-op um, kind of puzzle-solving game. Like I have a lot of games like that. I have a lot of like. Hardcore solo solo games I play a lot, but also have a lot of I really value couch co-op where we can sit on the couch and play a game together. There's a lot of games like probably since 2008 ish, 2010 ish. Um they just kind of stop doing multiplayer games. If it's not like Call of Duty, <laughs> some of that yeah. stuff is kind of like most games, like bigger games come out and they're just solo solo player. Um in the last couple of years we've seen a resurgence of some multiplayer games and whatnot. Um, but it's still a lot of stuff is that online. I still really value. Here's a controller. We'll sit down together and let's let's play this thing together. But, um, this isn't like video video games. So, what do you guys think about Jackbox? Do you guys play Jackbox? I've heard of Jackbox before. Yeah, Jackbox is I kind of like a Jackbox. Yeah, it's like a, is it Jackbox or you don't know Jack? It's I've Jack heard of okay. So it's like a website you go to, but you download the game on your. I think we have Xbox. So you download it. Um, and so there's like different packages and it's like several different games where everybody can just turn on like you turn it on but everybody's on their phone playing mm. I about the phone. there was like playing on their phone <laughs> playing on it or whatever but um so like you'll first have to make your own like name and you have to draw your own character and it comes up on the tv and it mm. tells like who they're waiting on but you're all playing together so a bunch of you can be in the same room big family playing on one big screen tv and i think they have it where people can even be remote like on their own home and stuff but it's really oh. it's really nice it's like different like there's some that's like trivia some it's like drawing mm -hmm. like some are just really funny like adventure games so it might be something to look into especially if you guys really like that hmm. okay okay um Nisha, you got one more, then I got one more. And then... Okay, my last Bob Spangers and Bus. This is a weird one, but haircuts, like a short haircut. Like pixie cut or yeah, what like short pixie do you? cut short. I'm gonna say Bob only because I don't think I you know, I've talked about it, like, you know, if I, because I do my own hair, and I'm like, if I end up melting this off through all my experiments, it's fine. You know, I keep telling myself I'll be fine, and I can deal with being bald <laughs> for a little bit. Um, but I don't ever have the head for it, or the, I definitely don't have the confidence for it. Um, <laughs> That's what it's all about, is the confidence. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't have the confidence for it, So, but, you know, um, I admire a lot of people who do it. There's some of them that are really cute. Like I really like when it's like really, really close 
to like your head so it almost looks like you're bald but you're not you know but i really yeah. like that um versus like the in like i'm worried about the in between like when you're then ready you to grow it out you. you're gonna have this weird time and i have really straight hair you guys i literally will look like a chia pet like <laughs> it's not pretty it just doesn't go down it just sticks up like like if I'm always like, if I like have static around me, so it's not, I have pictures when I was a little kid and I was growing out my hair, it's not cute. So Jasmine's like, I believe in you. <laughs> I believe that if you believe that it's great, then you do it. It reminds me of my conversation of Santa with my daughter. It was like, they told me Santa isn't real. I'm like, well, do you believe he's real? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, then who cares what everybody else thinks? Tough reliance. As soon as you learn it, the better. Like you said. Right. <laughs> it's all belief. It's all it is. So you're good. Okay. Now this is this one is is, is late because your girls can come out in January, but Bop Banger Bus Christmas music. Banger. Yeah. I love yeah? okay. I told you I love everything. Oh my god. I love Christmas music. It's the only thing that like gets me ready. Like yeah. literally like Thanksgiving Day, I'm like ready to just like <laughs> the next day hit that button. It's like, like 11 to 9 p.m. I'm I, look, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. And there's different playlists depending on like okay, so if I'm on the house, so I really like especially when I'm driving, I get sick of the regular, like yeah, regular stuff a lot, the classics, right? Um, so I listen to a lot of Christmas jazz, especially being in the car, you're driving at night, all the little Christmas stuff, and you're just, it's just relaxing when I'm here, I just have it really low and I'm just doing mm -hmm. stuff. It just kind of gets me in the spirit. Yeah. Um, even though I was literally not doing like anything huge, but it's just, I don't know, for me, like Christmas always, always been like really, really great. So I really like Christmas music. Um, my favorite song has to be a holy night um mm. and i have like a few favorite people that sing it you know like mm -hmm. they, i just you gotta hear those vocals and you gotta know you know right. so it's, it's a solid night holy night is that it? that song no holy night is something else okay never mind i'm alone it's not silent night it's oh. a holy night oh okay yeah. no i i grew up i grew up Muslim, and i don't i just don't celebrate christmas i still don't celebrate christmas at all and, but I do remember the feeling of Christmas coming up, you know, and Christmas for me was watching the Christmas story all day on TNT <laughs> when it plays. And that's like my, what I imagined Christmas was. And because it's whenever, it's the idea that something else is, uh, oh, the grass is greener over there. Like we just celebrate Christmas mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah. a lot of people celebrate Christmas, but like most people don't have really great Christmases. Like only some people do, they just, another family thing people to get together and like spend too much money so i felt like christmas a lot of times is often that but for me it was i saw it through the lens of film big film buffs so i saw it through the film i saw it through people trying to do a thing and getting it and then you know people are nicer on the holidays and then it's snowing and the fire all stuff yada yada, yada. but now what wasn't my experience that's what i'm always imagining it to be and yeah. so christmas music does and my birthday's in december too second week of december so when i it? hear christmas yeah. When's your birthday? The my 13th? birthday was in December. Yeah, December thirteenth is my birthday. Oh, another sad. I'm December fifteenth. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god, that's my dad's birthday. Wow. Really? Wow. <laughs> yes. 
Okay. Happy belated birthday. Happy right. belated birthday, girl. That's yeah, why but... we're so great and amazing. Yeah, it's that fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um we so yeah, that so. was my experience with, with Christmas was that I was just when I hear that coming, I'm like, okay, so it's the birthday's coming up, it's the end of year, uh, certain movies come out. It's just a nostalgic thing for me. It's something I always went to, but I don't feel like I don't put it on, you know what I mean? But when it comes on, I'm like, Okay. Did you have one or two gifts in December? Oh, just the one. We don't celebrate, we didn't celebrate Christmas. I was raised Muslim. So oh, you didn't. you didn't. You said you didn't. That's yeah, right. That's right. We did not celebrate Christmas. Know, right, it's right. funny because when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Christmas and I was like, I want to. It's for kids. Christmas Christmas for kids. Like, <laughs> but what am I going to get? And I would like, I remember not being able to sleep at night in anticipation for Christmas. Yeah. And now I'm just like, it's just another day for me. And like, it's time off maybe to spend with family. Mm-hmm. And lately I've just been like, should I participate in Christmas? But I just remember as I was getting older, like in high school, Christmas took this like excitement decline. Mm. And it was really weird how the decorations would come down in January. Like it was like this, it just went from, wow, look at all the spirit and togetherness. And now it's like boring and dry and bleak. And that transition out of Christmas is oh, Connecticut, so I can imagine. <laughs> I was, and you know, the yeah. neighborhoods, you know, they love the stunt with their lights and everything. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, can we ease out of it? Like, why does it have to be so sudden? Like, so either January 1st <laughs> or Valentine's Day. It's the only time you can take down Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing in between. Much. No, yeah. Pretty yeah. Much. Wow. Well, Jasmine, where can people learn more about you? And also, where can they find? Bacalia Botanicals. Yeah. Um, so my website is bacaliabotanicals.com. Um, and then all my social handles are at Bacalia Botanicals, and that's um B-E-C-A-L-I-A Botanicals. Um, I'm also like my own person. If you want to follow my own personal craziness, I'm on social both on Instagram and um I am on TikTok. Um, under everybody says that I've been hesitant. I know it's so. I was on TikTok before a lot of people were, and I was like trying to get people on TikTok like years ago, and nobody really wanted to. And then my a lot of my other friends are a little bit older than me, so they really they're big Facebookers, right? Mm. So they just didn't get it. And now, like, everybody's on TikTok, and people are actually finding me. And I was like, this wasn't meant for you specifically, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I have this, like, love-hate relationship about posting because now my mom follows me. She decides (laughs) to comment on everything. And so, like. She'll tell me, take that down. You look like whatever. And you know, you can oh see everything. My God. Yeah, everything, you know, and it's just like I'm like, I'm grown. I'm 38 years old, mother. Mm-hmm. I can post what I want, you know, but um, <laughs> your mom, not your mom pulling a Tina nose. Take that down, put your makeup on, take that hoodie off. <laughs> oh, my mom will post stuff on there. The first time I ever got my first tattoo, I posted a picture of it, which I mean, she had already found out by then. So I was like, what's the harm? No, she literally goes on, I think, I think it was like MySpace back then. She literally goes on there and like, com- I don't know how she finds me, comments on there and is like, I kid you not. Next time you need to put one on your ass and see if you're really gonna post that on the internet. And I'm like, mother, this is public. Like, 
But she didn't use ass. She used the Spanish version of it. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Free to for people. Or then or then people would like send me the video and be like, oh. Like, you know, people who never come into your life or ask you anything, but all of a sudden they're like creeping in through everything and now they're asking yep. personal details of your life. They're like, oh, I thought this, or did you sell your house? Or did you do that? And I'm like, why are we no, like, like mm -hmm. stop being, this wasn't meant for you. I'm going to block you now. Like, you know, like it was just <laughs> meant for people who don't know anything. Um, Anyways, but yeah, so you can find me at Jazz Guerrero, so J-A-Z-G-U-E-R-R-E-R-O, -E -R -R -E -R and um, you can follow my craziness there, too. Um, I do a couple cry sessions a week, so welcome to join in if you'd like. Yeah. Sometimes I can't I cry, so I just, I just let it, like, get ready, you know? I just <laughs> want to just, like, feel it. I'm just like... You're going to watch it, uh, like, a romantic movie, and then be like... Yeah. Like, start quivering the lips, and it just comes... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to feel it because before, like in my life, I've, I've struggled with connecting with those emotions and connect and and having empathy and sympathy and all that. And so, when it comes, I just let it like come up. And if I'm real, if I if I start actually crying, then I got then I actually have to cry. But yeah. I just want to feel feel the emotions. I let them like come, and then I can like breathe it out and then keep moving. But the cries it's, are there's something purifying about just releasing the yeah. emotion. Yeah. And then and you know, I was a big, I used to be very like people would be like, oh Jasmine's so like has this wall. She's like, you know, um, and it was just been really hard. And and I still have a little bit of issue dealing like if other people are crying, mm -hmm. I really panic. I get really bad anxiety. I don't know how to manage like other people's really? Um, I've learned how to cope and like deal like outside mm. at the moment, like what to say. Cause I used to not know what to say. I would literally just kind of be like, oh, okay. I'm gonna, you know, what do you like, mean? <laughs> you're like, oh, oh, obviously need some time to yourself. Me. Yeah. Like I, you know, I've lost people in my past and it took months. It was literally months later before I even like shed a tear. And it was like, because I like burn my finger on the stove or something all of a sudden i'm like grieving like i just have the weird way of like when it comes to kind of those things but recently i i i feel like i've become such a crybaby like i mm. just cry over everything it's like i can feel it like i can feel people's pain i can um you know empathize with them like and i don't know if it's maybe because of like where i am at the stage i am in my life where um, I, I think sometimes when you're in a stage where you hope for a little bit of kindness and you hope for a little mm. bit of grace, it just gives mm. you a different perspective of somebody else's, you know, um, problems and, and, and troubles that they're, that they're dealing with because you feel it, you're, you're being, you see them, you know, and it's as real to you as it is to them. And so, um, I think that that's kind of where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like instead of it being a weakness, it's just really made me more, um, I don't know, like, like it has to mean something. It has to be yeah. real more for me to pursue it now, because if I can't, if it doesn't pull at my heartstrings and if I can't feel anything to whatever it is that I decide to do or a decision, or if I don't feel like it's a hell yes in my heart, then it's just, then I know what the other side of that is. And right. so, you know, and that's kind of where I was trying to come back to that. It's just like, you just have, like, it has to, like, for me, I'm using it in order to, like, help me 
just push through and be like, okay, if it feels like something good, then I just have to continue with the feeling. Like that's all I can rely on right now. A hundred percent. Cause like you said, you know, what's on the other side of the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you tried the other way. You're like, that wasn't cute. So I'm gonna do it this way. <laughs> like I know it now. You're like, nope, not that one. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining the Sensitive Business Podcast. Thank you. I was listening to a few of your episodes and and I was just laughing and it was, um, so I'm just so excited that you guys are doing this. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored and special of, you know, having me to just do what I love and it's just not stop talking. But uh, <laughs> we got you. This <laughs> is like, hurt, but people are like, no, no. <laughs> this is the ultimate sensitive business podcast episode because yes. my goal with this episode is like, or just with this podcast overall, is like, I don't want to ask the questions that everybody else is going to ask. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit here and be like, so when did Bacalia get founded? And what was it like to order a bunch of inventory? And da 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 da. It's like, there are so many podcasts that talk about that already. Because it's not just black and white. Yeah. It's right. not just black and white. There's so much gray and color in between, right? That intervenes everywhere. So you can't just be like, oh, you know, for example, today we discussed stuff that you guys probably didn't know about me. And it was like, yeah. oh, you probably were like, oh, Jasmine, you know, she quit her job and did all this stuff. But it's like, oh, man, what did it take? right to see where she was and it took you know a lot of craziness and stuff to overcome but you know once you learn all the the i think it's like the real deal you know you have all these the other real podcasts deal. yeah mm-hmm. they talk about all like the beginnings and yeah there's some trouble there when it comes to the business sense but as entrepreneurs and being like our first businesses, business is personal. It is personal. Yes. We're not we're not investors. Business is personal. And if you can't feel anything or if you can't take it personally because it is, then you need to probably reanalyze and look at what it is that you want to do. Because if you can't really, if you can't have your heart behind your business, then it's just not, I mean, you know, it's not going to last. I have a mentor that says there's no such thing as business problems, just personal problems. And once I really understood that, I was like, (laughs) okay, I hear that. It's like, leave me alone. Right. (laughs) Like, my edge is gone. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was so awesome. I cannot wait for this episode to air. And Tabari, anything else you want to add before we sign off? Um, no. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for yeah. being here, Jasmine. Um, this is, I'm ready for next year, and all this is going to happen in 2023. Let's, uh, I'm let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Listen, like it's not, it's not when, it's not if, it's when, right? When so it's not if, it's when. So just keep that in mm-hmm. mind. Always say it to yourself. Um, I will end you it. I will, I will say this last thing though, like the one big mantra that's been in like my head for 2023 will be that, see, I attract wealth and money through my passions because it may not be Vitalia, it may not be something else, you know, but 
I have, I'm very passionate about a lot of things and I mm-hmm. hope that that brings me happiness and wealth and richness in whatever it, ways that it may look, it doesn't always have to be financial. So I hope people um, will use that as well. Love that. So many, so many moments in this. This is a good, this is a really good episode. <laughs> I actually do love it. I really do love our podcast. I'll be editing it and I'll just like forget I'm editing it and just you start listening, you're like, oh, yeah, I got a job to you. <laughs> I'm just cackling in the room. She's like, are you working? I'm like, yeah, I'm working. I swear. <laughs> well, I mean, it has to be fun, you know? And, and the thing is, like, the difference is that you guys are digging deeper than a lot than other people are. And really, um, you know, because you're not digging deep in just, like, the business side of it. You're digging deep mm-hmm. in the human. Because behind everything, you know, a strangers, us strangers and, or, you know, people, and we're just a representation of humanity. And if we can sit down for a moment and try to sympathize with that and understand each other, then what does that say about us and say about how we view humanity itself? You know, I don't know. A hundred percent. Yeah. But this is awesome. We're really excited for all this. (laughs) Yeah. I hope I I never have to do that. I guess, I guess that's, hit y'all we'll see you in the next one all right bye y'all bye (laughs) thank you so much for listening to the sensitive business podcast please be sure to leave us a review um preferably five stars Help us get the word out. Share this podcast with at least one person. Y'all, we are photographers and videographers and we love to work with restaurateurs, restaurant owners, and chefs. We are accepting clients for 2023. So if you're ready for your next big filming day, if you need some content, you need some food photography, some videography, and you need to really show up with vigilance, zeal, excitement for your business, for your restaurant, for your food and get your story out there, then hit us up, you know? You can book a discovery call at calendly.com slash ginger and carrot. Bye y'all.